Welcome to Seishiro, the Music Explorers podcast. I'm Jim Jam. I am Scoot Magoo. And uh, we are at the end, literally at the end of another month. And that means we are talking about some albums that came out this month. Um, There were a lot of interesting possibilities for this month um, that we could have picked. I'm pretty happy with the ones we chose. I think it's it's going to make for a good conversation. Uh, we did four, I think, this time. I think we usually do four, right? Yeah, we, um, we each picked two. And actually, I was kind of glad because uh, one of the ones I was going to pick, you picked. Okay, So yeah. I, 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 I ended up, because I, I had a few albums I want to talk about, and I slotted one in that I was on the fence about, and I'm glad that we, we included it. So Yeah. And per, um, per usual, nice amount yeah. of variety here. Yep, and we're going to, I think... Yeah, I mean, I'm going to try to keep an eye on time for things, but um, let's just dive right into it. So our first album we're talking about is uh, from an electronic duo called Sunroof. Uh, It's called Electronic Music Improvisations Volume 1. So, you know, you know what you're getting. Um, I guess a little background on what this is and why I chose it. this is a duo, uh, is Daniel Miller and Gareth Jones. Uh, and Daniel Miller uh, is probably better known as one of the co-founders of Mute Records. Oh, okay. Who put out, like, uh, Depeche Mode. Yeah. Among other people, they, they reissued Can's entire catalog mm-hmm. um, over like, the last decade, I think. Um, I mean, th- th- yeah, just, they're, they're one of the, you know, big names in independent record labels. Um, and I saw this uh, interview on the Quietus with him, and um, I think I can't remember the other person, but they were they were both talking about modular synthesis, and um, they started talking about you know just random things. But they, I think, at the beginning of this article, it mentioned that they have this new album out that is all modular improvisations, and uh-huh. that gets my blood, you know, uh, not not boiling. Uh, it. See that that's we're mixing metaphors here. Uh, I was gonna say get really pissed off. Yeah, really fired yeah. up. Man, really. I, I, thought, I thought you were gonna make an erection joke. Honestly. Ah, uh, I mean, I, I I think I was, but I, it just didn't turn out like that. It just yeah. wasn't the, the 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 it wasn't in the signs. I guess wasn't. You know, wasn't, just a, a quick a quick, quick quick excursion there is that there was this group of 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 guys you know from different music community communities I belong to. And they would always talk about how like music would make them want to jizz or like you know, like oh man this is so like like I'm just like coming all over myself for this like I, I wish I was exaggerating I and I, yeah that, that I was, that's a lot to take in it, yeah it's, it's nine in the morning when we're recording this I, I think it's too early for that but I think I, I will say <laughs> that um I feel like the word jizztastic should make a comeback or I or at least um should be more popular than it is. I agree. So yeah, but um, like but, the re- the reason that was so funny to me is because like these are all guys who think they're so tough listening to like brutal death metal, and then they're making yeah. comments like that. I'm like, I don't. I mean, dude, it's a death metal album. I don't really. Like, <laughs> You'd be the, really funny is if they were talking about like other music. Like, oh man, the Tangerine Dream album like really got me hard. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, you, you're talking to like an audiophile at a record store, and you say that, and they're like, oh wow, that's that's something. That's great. <laughs> Man, and, anyway, that Brian Eno album. Oh my god, <laughs> rock hard. <laughs> yeah. All um, right. Well, before, before we anyway, deviate too so, much from the topic, let's, yeah. Let's so get yeah, back. Th- this is these are modular improvisations. Um, 
I really had never heard of Sunroof before. I had never heard of this album. I mean, it came out, I think, like a week ago, I want to say. Um, you know, so I, I thought it'd be interesting because, you know, modular can be, like, especially when it comes to, like, improvisation, it's just really interesting to me. And so I, you know, I, I thought it'd be cool to just talk about. Um, I'm just going to spoil it. This was really disappointing. And oh, not, really? not Not even that I was expecting much from it. But it just, ah, like I listened to it once, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I already, I already get what I'm going into here, um, because it just there wasn't a lot to it, like there was nothing really that like got me. There was nothing that kept me there, and like I think part of it is just that it it felt more like soundscapes than anything. And um, soundscapes can be cool, but I don't know. When I think of like improvisation, I think of, you know, sort of dynamic. You know, so there's something more dynamic than what was going on here. Like th- this thing felt very static and like unmoving in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like that can be a cool thing. Like you know, when it comes to like generative music, but I, I, I guess part of what bothers me a lot about this album is that it's like. There are so many possibilities with modular and the way Daniel Miller was talking about, you know, working with it, it really seemed like he had, you know, I mean, I I think he probably does have a really good idea of like how to do things. It's just that like what they do on this album is so just normal, I guess. Like it just, it just feels like, like you might as well just have, have just, recorded this on like a regular synthesizer i guess to me i it, it just feels like it, like like you're not utilizing you know your your you know the tech that you're using to its full potential hmm. um, the, the, I'm a little, i actually like this really I, I i enjoyed it yeah i mean i don't have a ton of to say about it just because it kind of i mean like you said that the title kind of speaks for itself you, you kind of know what you're getting into but yeah um i i I thought this was a nice listen. Uh, I wrote down actually a couple tracks I particularly liked. Uh, I liked, <laughs> I mean, n- not that they have super memorable names. Yeah, but I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, I liked 1.4. Like, there was a really bright, sharp main melody, and it kind of wove into this kind of percussive underbelly. I thought that was really cool. And I really liked that 1.8. Uh, it gave me Huerco S vibes in the sense that one of my... Uh, it was actually a pitchfork review, and this is you know rare that I'm going to compliment a pitchfork review. Yeah. But like it, the, the album, I think it's for those who have and also those who have not by Work OS. He said it sounds like the echoes of dance music, like kind of like the you know reverberations of of like a night at the club, and mm-hmm. it just it's like beautiful haunting, and there's it, it's kind of hint towards a massive composition, but it's a little it's obviously more subdued and a little quieter. I got the same vibes from 1.8. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it was pretty simple, but I, I liked it. I mean, it certainly. Maybe it's because I, I had I had no idea about the background. I thought the cover was cool. You know, I figured the cover it would be, is cool. I figured it would be a nice, you know, kind of calm, interesting electronic, you know, compositions, and I, I enjoyed them. Yeah, I I guess I. I'm definitely biased a little bit here because I, I I like like when you bring up something like modular. I mean, the thing is, you can get almost any sound out of a modular synth, like depending on sort of the components and like how you're patching it. 
so it, it I don't know like but I, I I tend to think of it as like you know kind of like this glitchy IDM sort of aesthetic um, at times which again probably isn't you know correct because again it's it's very limitless in in its possibilities I I guess it, it's just I don't know soundscapes are uh, it, it just didn't click with me um, I don't know I, I just I thought it'd be something more on the lines of like Hmm. I'm even trying to think about like what this would, what I thought this would sound like. I I guess. Oh, you know what? Kind of like um, almost like a silver apples of the moon type of thing. Um, like uh, you know, like a Bukla ish. Uh, you know, uh, Martin Sabotnik, um, someone like that doing mm-hmm. like this early electronic music sort of thing, almost. Um you know kind of abrasive at points actually there's um or even like an amon tobin even kind of like a sound arty sort of thing like amon tobin actually does uh like a live album that's just one long improvisation using a bukla system mm-hmm. uh which is it, it's a beautiful beautiful recording that he does uh and it just i don't know i i sort of just expect more of that because i don't know just for these they, they, these just a lot of times just felt very static they didn't feel like they were going anywhere for me um yeah i yeah i just just didn't do a lot i don't really have a ton much more to say because it just wasn't like usually i i try to listen to these you know at least twice if not more but i just was just like no like <laughs> like I, i'm all set and I, I mean i think considering the other albums we have to talk about i feel like the other ones probably were a little more opaque and kind of needed a few more listens to mm. kind of like sort of unlock what was going on a little more anyway. So I feel like I spent the time correctly, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also, I don't have a lot more to say, but I, I thought this was cool. You know, don't have, yeah, really not much more to say than, than that. But I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed the listens that I had. But I, I see where you're coming from. That it, this, I wasn't blown away by any means. You know, I yeah. definitely this is you know, of the electronic projects you suggested we talk about. This wasn't, you know, definitely wasn't yeah. one of the more adventurous. But it, it was nice. It was a pleasant listen. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not like I listened to this and and wanted to like throw my headphones away. Like it was not it, it was not bad. Yeah. It just like, I mean, perhaps my my expectations are unrealistic. So. Um. Okay, so I guess we're going to move on. Uh, we were talking about... Uh, okay, so, Scott, do you know how to pronounce this? Because I, I, I feel like if, if one of us is going to butcher it, it should be you. Yeah, because I, 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 I picked it. It's, uh, I think I'm going to say Madoa Mokhtar, just okay. because that's what I'm going to say. Uh, and the name of the album is Afrique Victime. So this is... It's actually... I thought it was a band. I mean, it is a band, but yeah. it's the stage name of the main guitarist. So it's... Yep. it's it, you know, I um, heard about these guys... It wasn't even a matter of discovery. I this was everywhere. You know, it got oh yeah, best did, of did, music on Pitchfork. This every, got a ton of hype. Every every indie blog you could think of was talking about it. it this is released I, I think on part of the reason though is because it's it's on Matador. Yeah, I was about to say that. Like it was released on Matador. So uh, and I, I I figured it was something just you know because of the presentation. It was you know African you know African adjacent to some kind. And indeed, it's. The band's based in, in uh, Niger. Um, the genre is Tisho Tishomarin, 
I will say again because that's just how I'm going to pronounce it. Uh, it's known as uh, desert blues in North Africa, like a very guitar-led, uh, basically traditional North African music. Yeah, it's, but with... it, it's part of a Tuareg, uh, you know, people. Uh, it's part of the Tuareg indigenous music. Yeah, um, uh, and I have to say, I was really excited for this because, uh, I mean, I just, I, I in general, as I've said, the last couple of years, I've been trying to listen to more non, you know non-European Westerly channels with more music for different cultures the yeah. fact that it was being talked about in so many places uh, and the blurb for this on Bandcamp described uh, the track Ilana like a combination of you know 60s early 70s easy top mixed with Black Sabbath and then the title track is mid 70s to early 80s Van Halen meets Black Flag and I was just like wow like I can't wait to listen to this can we just say I I don't think that's true at all. I, well, I think that's a really piss poor comparison. That that's kind of I was going to use that as a segue. That yeah, I I ended up like obviously I listened to the record through a couple of times just as is. I went back to those two tracks to listen. I I don't I don't even think the, the it's in the ballpark of those. Like I don't think it's even close. You know sometimes you can hear it like oh that's a bit of a stretch, but I guess I don't hear that at all. Uh, and I guess that's probably a good segue into I don't mean this to insult the music because I actually like this album I thought it was cool it was nice it basically it sounded like what you would expect you know as from like a western perspective what you would expect African music to sound like with a little bit more almost like 60s 70s psychedelic rock flair like a little bit it honestly reminded me a lot of almost like Santana I know like I know like culturally that's not accurate but it reminded me of like kind of the more breezy psychedelic mystical yeah psychedelic rock vibes that said again i i know i can't avoid this sounding like an insult to the music but i don't really get why this was picked up the way it was yeah i really don't like and, and i i mean that again i'm not saying that like the music's bad just listening to it i don't see what was so i don't really see what was so special about it Again, I, I, I liked yeah. it. It was a nice listen. Like, there was a lot of cool ideas. The title track in particular had a great... Like, I feel like the title track, which is, I guess, apt since it is the title track, everything came together. It had a nice driving guitar groove. You had kind of the the psychedelic, like, arid desert vibes. Like, that really had... Everything the album was trying to do came together. I was like, man, like, I really... And I did. I enjoyed this. You know, each of my listens, I enjoyed what I was hearing. But I just don't... Given the lack of coverage for non you know non-european non-american music in most of these blogs i really don't know how this broke through i mean it must be a map you know like a factor of you know who you know in the industry and just you know something you know someone knew someone at matador and the fact it was on matador kind of helped to get a little bit more see, sway but i don't I, know man see part of me party me wants to get like not necessarily like conspiracy theorists but like kind of wants to point at like okay see this is like I never I don't know just but like I think maybe it's just because okay look here's a non-western act that's putting out an album on Matador like yeah it almost felt like like a like a token yeah exactly like a a token world music release like oh Oh. this is gonna check the box for like a couple of years because we yeah 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 but I mean I I will say I think so my my first listen to I think I put it on three times I want to say um my first listen was like, okay, this is fine. Like, uh, you know, it gets, it feels kind of directionless. 
a lot of time. It doesn't feel like each track is really going anywhere. Like it feels like yeah. it just takes a couple of motifs and just kind of repeats them, which yeah. um, I, I totally, I, I, I kind of understand that because I, I think, you know, we're one of the few cultures, like I think pop culture kind of has ruined this for, for us anyway, that like sort of repetition isn't, like just sort of our our concept of repetition and sort of like how that works because i feel like if you listen like that's always been my biggest issue listening to like more indigenous music is that it often repeats itself a lot and it's not like and i i feel like that's more on the listener than it is on the music itself Mm -hmm. because we're coming at it from a completely different angle and we're coming at it from you know sort of a culture that is very based around you know immediate satisfaction mm-hmm. so it, it's it's a little you know like I, I i don't know if it's almost fair of us sometimes to pro like to sort of judge them on this like the same parameters that that we judge like a you know like a, a more traditional like western rock album mm-hmm. um that being said like it just like, like it did just it didn't feel like it was traveling anywhere a lot of the time like there were some cool ideas, but I mean, for the most part, like the guitar, like the, the you know, um, Maduo Mokhtar, he's a great guitarist. Um, but I always felt like he was kind of using like the same lines every time. And maybe, maybe that was kind of sort of the effects that his guitar was drenched in for the entire album. Mm. That it kind of lent, you know, I think maybe an air of cohesion, but at the same time, um, you know, kind of a like a sameness, a kind of a homogeny to everything um yeah like it's like the first time i was just like okay you know second and third time i actually grew to like a little more uh like there were little intricacies that i could see like little changes and like little hooks throughout that i actually started really liking but again yeah i just don't get why people are you know really like really clamoring for this thing uh like they just from what i've seen like just yeah i i don't get the hype yeah i really don't i it's it's not that it's undeserving of praise it's just that like i i i just don't know if it's like this is like a sons of kemet type of thing almost that like it like what it says it's trying to do i don't really know if it does and the hype surrounding it doesn't really seem to justify you know like the actual music i don't know yeah, I mean, like, what, uh, the same same experience you had, pretty much. You know, once I put yeah. aside... I mean, going into this thinking that there were going to be tracks that sounded like ZZ Top meets Black Sabbath and Van Halen meets Black Flag, like, that that had me stoked. And, you know, obviously the, the fact that so many non... You know, outlets that do not cover this kind of music were so high in it. Um, although, in hindsight, maybe that was kind of a... Red, should have been a red flag. Um, yeah. But, you know, anyway... Yeah, after my first listen, I felt really disappointed... Um, definitely the next two, I, yeah, I mean, I just, I feel bad because I think, I think it's a cool record. I think it was, it was fun to listen to. Definitely. I agree with you that a lot of times it felt like they were more so conjuring a vibe than necessarily like the tracks were kind of there and I, it was cool to like, you know, you know, feel the groove and like hear what was going on, but it didn't really feel, I think the title track's the only song that really felt like, you know front to back okay something's happening there's a definitive riff that i can you know like that was what i hoped the rest of the album would sound like but the rest of the album was still good 
it's just I I really really don't I really don't get it like I don't understand uh, like it, it's not like um, you know someone like Kanye or like any any type of like big well known like big well known indie artist <laughs> Kanye account we, 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 I know. we met her quota I know I was trying to think of someone else but I was like no Con- like you know Kanye where they have that cachet and they release an album that's you know not so great or like I don't like I don't get the music but I understand why people like it because it's Kanye but for this I don't I mean it really I, I don't want to accuse anyone of anything but it does kind of feel like tokenization it does feel like like you know someone at Matador knew someone and they kind of you know they got him on the roster and like oh so this is kind of a safe pick because an established label that you know endorsed them so like you know this can be our pick for I mean every year Pitchfork has that on their list they have a couple of releases that yeah. just are like one year they had Pharmacon on their list you know and like like how often have they ever covered like any type of noise adjacent music like hardly ever but they're like oh see we're quirky we have the pulse on, we you know we have the pulse on things yeah and like, I, I, I feel I feel so weird throughout this segment because I really don't want to you know, I don't want to sound like I'm coming out down too hard in this album because I thought it was really cool and I, yeah. it's it's nice that a non you know band from Africa is getting this kind of acclaim. I do think that's cool. I just don't. I really just don't get. Like that's what it comes down to. I just don't get why this why this album like why what about this is truly blowing people's minds? Because I mean, just musically, I think it's good, but not. It's not outstanding, you know. It didn't. It didn't blow me away. I definitely enjoyed listening to it, but yeah, I just I'm, I'm a little perplexed. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. Um, I. I mean, I. I don't really know the reason either. I. I don't think we'll ever really know because it's. It's so you know nebulous with, you know. I mean, I look. I. I don't think this is an industry plan by any means, but like I'm using sort of that as an example of just like, we don't really know what goes on behind closed doors you know, in, in email, emails to between labels and artists and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does, it just, yeah, it, it's strange. I, I can't say it, it makes a ton of sense to me, even though, you know, I, I sent it to our friend Andrew and, and he actually really liked it. <laughs> um, so I'm like, uh, okay, like, I, sure. honestly, I honestly wish I had never read the Bandcamp description because I got really like, those combinations yeah. sounded so cool and just the fact like to have and again like I don't think it's unfair to critique the album for that like, that's what they themselves th- this wasn't a review I read the Bandcamp page for the album that's what they put out there like that's yeah, how they were marketing I, it so. but, but I also think that you know I mean yeah you may so, so, more criticize the label than the band for that but I, well I, I was going to say that um, you know Mado Mokhtar like I, I feel like the way he's taking all this music I, I i feel like maybe that's how he hears it you know and i think considering sort of the tradition that he's coming from you know i i don't know i it i i feel like maybe if we understood that original music you know and if we had experience with that original music and you we could hear how it's deviating towards yeah, yeah. exactly like but i i mean <laughs> I don't even know how we'd be begin. I mean, I, I feel like I would need a musicology degree to, to kind of like really sit down with the two um, and like look over finite details because I really don't know if I would hear a ton, but you know, I like it's, it's for what it is. It's cool. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's sons of Kemet 
kind of all over again for me. Yeah, and I mean, just, yeah, yeah. I guess the my final words are you know it's cool, but I just going into this, I expected probably a little bit more than that. Just based on the I expected something that was you know maybe not like mind blowing or album of the year, but something that's a little bit more than yeah. This this was cool. This was nice yeah. to have on. I I think also like the 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 word psychedelic pops up a lot in descriptions for this album and it's i think the only reason it's there is just because of that guitar tone yeah <laughs> like, I, had, I had like a deserty kind of arid vibe i guess yeah but uh, that doesn't always like i don't know like like you can listen to queens of the stone age but i don't think queens of the stone age is like a psychedelic band like same thing yeah. with caius like yeah. but they're both like desert rock like, sure yeah that's fair. um yeah anyway it's yeah like glad i listened to it um you know so, I, I think it deserves that. But yeah, all right. So I guess we're gonna move on into our next pick, which is uh, I mean, do you want to talk about this? Because I I know a little bit about this project, but you're definitely more well versed than I am here. Yeah. So it is um, the new album from Panopticon and and again into the light. Uh, these got or this guy. I think it's a one man. Yeah. Project. Jay Lun, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, he broke out of the scene with an album called Kentucky, which is interesting because he actually is based in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> but it basically, it essentially combined bluegrass with, you know, kind of traditional Americana, you know, adjacent genres with black metal. And it was really, you know, really unique, but also unique in a way that didn't feel... Like, it didn't feel like he was just doing it for the shits and giggles. Like, hey, this would be interesting. Like, it really worked together better than you probably would expect. I mean, obviously, mm. folk and black metal have been together for a while, but more... Basically, a lot of times for bands, that just means, hey, there's an acoustic guitar you yeah. know, in this track. But, like, yeah. he really, you know, banjo, fiddle, like, he really incorporated a lot of interesting traditional American, you know, instrumentation into his music. Uh, and I think he really pulled it together and took it to a new level on Roast the North, which was a really awesome album. It was one of my favorite albums of 2014, I think. Um, and I don't know, for whatever reason, maybe it's just because, you know, I, I you know was in a not really you know, non-black metal phase, but I kind of lost touch with his music and he did release a couple of albums and a bunch of splits. And yeah. I just, you know, for whatever reason, just, you know... Well... I mean, I so I, I read that he put out so I think the album calls like the scars of man on the ruins of nature, you know, something along those lines. But from from what I've read, that it, it was like a double album where he he actually segregated sort of the sounds. Oh yeah, I, I do remember that one. Yeah, yeah, which is an interesting idea. But I mean, isn't that kind of the whole point of your music though? Like I don't know, like, like isn't that like such a huge fundamental core of it like it, i don't know yeah like it would it, it, be like behemoth being like oh yeah we're gonna do a double album but we're gonna do death metal on one and black metal on the other and yeah, it's like no exactly. like, like like behemoth you don't understand that, that that's that's what makes you guys work well like yeah exactly uh i don't know if, if that's what it was i think for, for whatever reason I, I lost touch with the band and you this new album came out and a lot of people you know, or you group summit online, we were saying that it was underrated, it wasn't getting the attention it deserved, and I was like, you know what, I, I haven't touched in with this guy in a while, I think we should check it out. And we, uh, I don't think we've done a lot of metal in these review segments, or definitely not as much as it compares to, you know, 
how much metal I actually listen to. So I was excited to talk about it. Um, yeah. But what, what's your what's your background with? I don't know if you have you know much of a background at all. I think I think you mentioned with having listened. Panopticon. Yeah. Um, so I remember when Roads to the North came out. So that at the end of that year, I saw it in a bunch of lists. I, I think you recommended it, and so I listened to that. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I want to say I might have given parts of that double album a listen, but I really don't remember it <laughs> at all. Uh, I, you know, I, I I definitely remember seeing it, but I think uh, the whole double album thing was like, okay, that's that that I, I don't know if I can deal with that runtime kind yeah. of. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not too well versed here, um, but like I I kind of no i don't know like the overall kind of like this idea of like you know sort of doing new things with black metal you know kind of like a like botanist in a way mm-hmm. um i i i'm reluctant to say like something like agalock because that's more of like a folk metal thing yeah but like i i feel like there are you know you could make a case that there's something similar going on here etc so yeah i i really like i had an idea of what to expect but I didn't really like, and I, I think um, I actually heard about this album. Uh, I think this is the second time I've I, I've pimped for the quietest today, but that they have they have like a metal roundup every month, mm-hmm. and I just decided why not? I will look at this, and I was just surprised that I I, <coughs> I hadn't heard about this before. So yeah, I mean, it, it kind of for me it, it came out of nowhere. I don't. He's a little bit on the. Um, I think he runs reclusive. Yeah, that's a good word. I think he runs Bindrun, which is the label that puts out. You know, it's a lot of folk black metal stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, definitely. I, at, at most, I think this might have gotten a couple weeks of attention before it was released. I don't think I heard about it until pretty much on on release there the week of, and I figured it was it was uh, might as well give it a shot. Um, start, starting off, I was a little wary. I mean, I added up the first track and then oh know, yeah, the, the first half of the second track. It was almost eight minutes until the first metal moment. And it, it just, it felt weird to me because it felt like the intro bridged over from what I thought was the intro track. Like, the, the longer the second track went on, I was like... Is this gonna like what's going on? Like it's, you know, is yeah. this gonna, it was it I, was interesting. I um, felt the same way. Um, I I was like, where's, like like the, the, this sounds nice. Like I definitely loved the the violin that was going on. That kind of like connected a lot of this album together. But you know, I it was, like I I guess that's my that's a big thing that I've. It's just it, maybe I need to listen to it more in depth. But I felt like there was still a lot of segregation between sort of that Americana sound and, like, that black metal sound. Yeah. Um, but there were, like, I put on a couple tracks today, like uh, Embers at Dawn, um, you know, kind of has a little bit of a blend, but I don't know if you noticed it, like, it's, I think it's a little more than halfway through the track, which, by the way, this thing is fucking long. The, the, like, each track here is, like, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a problem um, I've always had with his music. I will say that... Uh, I thought the last two tracks, um, yeah, Embers, so I think em- em- Embers, Embers of Dawn, Dawn and No No Hope. Although yeah. No Hope had a kind of a weird 
Like the spoken word, and then they yeah. kind of did a random shift into DB territory. Yeah, okay, like, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one who noticed that, because I thought that was really weird placement, too. Like, it, it felt like it was, like, haphazardly placed. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, like, for me, I, I, I was going to, like, the notes I had written down were, it's definitely long, but, like, these last two tracks are, you know, maybe two of the best on the album. But then once it reached the end where, like, you had this odd spoken word, which I didn't... I didn't even really get what was going. I mean, so I I looked it up. And apparently, it's uh it's G Voucher from uh the band Crass. Oh okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Like I mean, I I can't say I expected Panopticon to to put on a Crass reference here, but uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it it definitely seems just I don't know like out of place and. I don't know, like the whole like track, like whole track title, "No Hope," and just I think considering like current events and things like that, I don't know. It just almost seems like a little like pandering, almost. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little weird, uh, especially because, I mean, obviously there are lyrics on this record, but they're not super, you know, not yeah. super, super coherent. That's just the nature of black metal. So yeah, um, I, I mean, <clears throat> just like the. It definitely felt like the, hmm, the there was kind of like this disparity between these two elements that were going on a lot of the time, and I I, I think I don't know I I just felt like I like I, I couldn't help but think of something like like Agalock's the mantle where like it felt like they were combining folk and metal in a very like hybridized way, mm-hmm. um, whereas this felt like it was still just not cohesive um you know I, I felt like the line of cohesion that they you know that uh he tried to sort of draw through here was like that violin which was admittedly beautiful i mean like, like it's not like there aren't beautiful moments on this album it's just that there's a lot of the album to listen to and sometimes it doesn't always um feel like it fits together in a way um and i, yeah. I think the other um there was I, I yeah sort of th- this is a weird thing and maybe it's just because i've been listening on uh like laptop speakers and things like that which though to be fair i mean macbook pro laptop speakers are really good um i've never had an issue listening to music on them but the production here sounded pretty muddy a lot of time when it came to the metal passages yeah i, I was surprised because i don't remember i mean i haven't i have roads to the north on on vinyl and i've listened to it in a little while um, but I remember the production being a lot crisper on that album, and obviously that was a few albums ago, so I'm not really sure why that's the case, but I totally noticed that. Um... Yeah, okay, I, I wasn't sure if it was just me, because, I mean, when it comes to a lot of, like, extreme metal, um, I my ears tend to kind of blur the sound together a lot. Um, like, no, you know... yeah, it was definitely muddy. Okay. Sure. All right. All right. I just because you know I as the guy like I you know sometimes the way you'll talk about like a Morbid Angel album, like I like I'm like wait wait did, did that happen in there like, like you know trying to listen for individual riffs. Yeah. I always find that difficult unless I've listened to the album like you know twenty times in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. It's so, which I, I, that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because I think with something like bluegrass like you know or at least like Americana like folk music I feel like you want something cleaner in a way yeah right and I, I will say i feel bad because 
I did generally like this album. Uh, you know, I, I, there were some issues throughout, and I feel like that's what we're focusing on, but it, it's kind of only because um, it just, yeah, it felt, it felt odd, some of the issues throughout, you know, the production, but also, not only do I agree that it, the blending of, like, Americano or whatever wasn't as prominent or as, you know, kind of well-blended as it was in the past, I also felt like it, it wasn't super... It wasn't distinctly Americana or bluegrass. Like, I felt like it was... Yeah. Prim- it primarily just kind of felt like a... Again, it was, it was good. Like, a lot of really good, you know, folk, black metal, like, what you'd expect from the genre, but kind of... You can hear... You can hear like, like, there's a little bit of it. Like, uh, like the track uh, as Golden Laughter Echoes, which I think is more of an interlude, uh, considering how long a lot of these tracks are, but... You know, it, it had a little bit of that twang to it. Yeah. At, at times, but yeah, like, like when it comes to these core tracks, it really didn't feel like it was there. Like it didn't really feel like, oh, like this is Americana in a way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, in, in the past, definitely, you know, even just the instrument, you know, instrumental choices, it was a lot more obvious that's what was happening. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel badly. I mean, I didn't like. I, I enjoyed each listen. You know, in general, like I, I like the tracks here. I mean, this, this reminds me why I, you know, enjoyed his music to begin with. But certainly, there were you know several areas where I felt like I felt like it might be lacking a little. I don't know. I I mean, the, the I think the biggest issue is how long it was. Like that that definitely yeah. It just the it it didn't feel like it justified it's it's runtime whereas yeah. like i feel like other releases probably could yeah and i i really did i really liked um the way that embers at dawn like it was a nice you know kind of reprieve from the intensity i liked that in terms of, of kind of the slow interlude-esque uh but even that was a pretty long and i think it, like eventually it picked up at the end of the track um but yeah like the slow start the album had and then for it to be as long as it was I, I don't think that was a great choice. Uh, I, I, I would have I would have maybe like you know kept the beginning track just as is and then cut back the the slowness that creeped into the second track. It just if I didn't really I didn't get that. It definitely like it already made the album feel like it was gonna be a a really long you know yeah you know like a long journey and and I don't think it was super additive. So. Yeah, I mean it, it's a, the whole thing is an hour and eleven minutes. Um, that that that's just a lot. That's a lot to take in, uh, especially when you're you're you know each track you're doing is like or mostly every track you do is like over ten minutes long. Yeah, and th- it, it's just a lot to take in. And I I think for me I, I'm just kind of ambivalent about this thing. Like I I just like I I can't say I can't really look at any of the tracks and be like oh this was awful because it really wasn't. Like you know it's it's more just like I felt like the flaws of this album kind of, you know, were as hmm, probably meant as much as the positives in a way. So it it just kind of comes out to a wash for me. Mm. Um, like I'm I'm glad I listened to it uh, because th- this is definitely like you know sort of I I really haven't listened to as much metal as I have you know in previous years, and I you know it's it's good to get sort of out and like listen to something you know a little bit different um but you know that being said i don't know 
they can't all be winners for me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, I felt like I felt like it was kind of a wash. That was a good way to put it. I, I, I really, I'm not super. I don't know. I, I, I feel a lot more mixed about this than I was hoping I would. Um, I, the more I thought about it, I actually came into this review expecting to say I really liked it, but then just kind of reflecting on my listens, it, it yeah, I, I, I wish that, <clears throat> I wish that he, he had, you know, cut it back. And I wish that there were a few more cleaner blends, and then I wish that it was produced a little bit more cleanly. Those are not small. <laughs> like I guess, like when I was coming in, I was like, "Oh, those are just minor, minor critiques," but not really. Like those. I mean, the, the, that shit adds up. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the more I think about it, I'm like, those are kind of big, big deals. Honestly, <laughs> like it's yeah. I don't know. And, and like, I mean, I I feel like you know people could be like, "Oh, well, it's black metal, so it has to be low fine." It's like, no, that's no, not true. That's not, but that's not like, true at all. Yeah, like I mean, especially if you're doing something like this like you know sort of the intention here seems to call for uh, a certain type of production you know and sort of sort of a certain clarity um but yeah i i really don't have much more to say um do you, you ready to move on i guess yeah i, I mean okay. it, it was it was cool to re- you know th- this is a band i used to listen to a lot more frequently so it was interesting to revisit them but yeah i, I can't say I was super. I can't say I was super blown away, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about our final album today, and it is the new album by Black Midi, Cavalcade. And uh, this is, you know, I, so Black Midi came out. They, 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 you know, they've been on sort of the people's radars for a few, you know, years now. Um, you know, for like this explosive noised rock kind of and uh especially their their drummer morgan simpson is just freaking nuts um that you know in terms of playing style um and they came out with uh their debut i think back in 2019 i want to say schlagenheim Mm -hmm. and uh that was one of those albums that really like was near like the top of everybody's album of the year list and i i just didn't understand it i mean i don't think i listened to the whole thing because i just I just really didn't enjoy it. Like I just didn't, it just didn't click with me. Um, like it, it just felt like, like, I think part of it is just, I think the hype around it was that like, Oh, this is like a new direction for rock. Like, so it's sort of like almost like the, what people have been saying about like the band Algiers for like years now. Oh yeah. 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 And I'm just, or, or like even like idols or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I, I don't see, I don't really see what they're talking about for all three of these bands, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it, it it was kind of more of the same there, um, you know, with, with Schlagenheim. But you know, I the band interests me. I mean, it's like you know, despite sort of the the overhyped nature of sort of how you know their first album came to be, um, they still interest me, and th- their name interests me actually because I, I do you know do you know what Black Midi is by any chance? 
no, I don't, I don't so, think so. Yeah, little little excursion. So if you go to like a digital audio workstation, like a you know like Ableton or you know uh, Fruity Loops, you know, uh, you know how you have that piano roll thing where you you add notes. Like yeah. so that, that that that's MIDI data basically mm-hmm. that you're adding, and so Black MIDI is uh, basically people making as dense uh, music as possible using like like so basically like the piano roll will end up becoming art in a way, but it's incredibly dense. It's sort of based on, or at least kind of harkens back to uh, Conlon Nancaro, who was a composer who. Uh, made stuff for player piano that was mm-hmm. impossible to play normally um it, it's it so it's it, it's like the, these guys know like their shit in a way like, or at least like that they, they're actually, aware of this that's yeah. actually a really good name for their music too like that that's a really that's really creative because i feel like they're i mean the same thing about their you know we will about their music but definitely they they try to pack as much you know Oh yeah, as much as they can. <laughs> I mean, explosive is definitely a, a good descriptor for the band. Yeah, uh, you know, and so when the rollout for this album came out, and this was probably I think one of people's most anticipated albums of the year. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, you know, I was I I think I saw when uh, I think Fantano put out like he reviewed um, John. I think is it called John L. John I L. Say? Yeah. Even even though the the lyrics say John fifty. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh no! Yeah, when John Fifty comes to town, um, yeah. So w- when he put that out, and he was like, "You like this is like insane. This has got like a lot of jazz to it and stuff like that. It's kind of like a reinvention for the band." I was like, like "That piqued my interest a lot." And uh, have you watched the video for that by any chance? No, I haven't. But I assume it's crazy. It is one of the weirdest music videos I've ever seen. Wow! Uh, it, it, it is. It is like this dance number <laughs> like it's all choreographed like it is it is nuts um and yeah but but i wasn't really big on the music but i i think i ended up i think when um when the when the single slow came out i listened to that and i actually liked that a lot more and i think that kind of got me into john l a little bit um and so i thought you know why not talk about this? Mm-hmm. But uh, but where were where were you at with uh, Black Midi sort of before this album? I actually really liked Schlagenheim or whatever whatever yeah. it's called. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was I don't know where it landed on my top fifty, but I, I definitely included. It. I liked that it was. Um, it kind of reminded me of now that I've heard them because it make it kind of clicks, but. They're they're close to Black Country New Road, and I do hear them. Okay, I, I think they have. Uh, I think they've collaborated before, and it, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but also, it's like that mixed with Horse Lords, which is a really really cool band. Yeah, they, yeah. I, so I, I, the, the, that's a band that I've tried to get in, and I just I I don't think I was able to make it through a single track. <laughs> I could see yeah. that. I really like their stuff, and so I, I really liked Black Midi's debut for that. Re- I felt like you know there there was some vocal lines and just general weirdness that almost reminded me of Primus in a way. I mean, certainly not in like the the quote unquote funk metal direction, but I, I could see where they were, um, you know, maybe 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 trying to you know channel that less playful weirdness. So I I mean I would consider this one of my 
But like once I knew it was coming out, I definitely was looking forward to listening to it. Uh, and I did like it, but I will say that they try to be more ambitious and try new things, which I appreciate. But there's one specific element they introduced on this album that I just didn't think worked so well, the, and that the, was the, the slow song, the the, the balladry. But yeah. n- n- not just the not just that. It was not just that they were slow songs because I do think that there were some slow moments that worked. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, like, um, but like I think on uh, I want to say, oh yeah, uh, so. Condro Condro Malasia Patella. Yeah, that, that, that was yeah. yeah. I wrote that down. I had it like yeah. a loungy, laid back vibe, but there were some subtle, you know, math rock elements poking, you know, poking in, and the sax, and then it got crazy towards the end. But specifically, I mean, John L. I I love John L. Like, yeah. When, when when that came on, I was like, Sh- this is exactly what I was hoping for. I, I swear, I I've had the riff to that, you know, dun 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 dun. Yeah, I, I've had exactly. that stuck in my head all weekend exactly like it's it's like, so catchy it's so cool and i think it wasn't just that the slow song like not that there are a ton of songs as is but you know i guess we'll get to that in a second but marlene dietrich yeah it not only was it not like i didn't think it was a terrible song i just knew i didn't think it was it was definitely one of my least favorite it sucked all the momentum out of john like john oh, yeah. hyped up like think that was my biggest issue because then you have um uh Ascending Forth and Diamond Stuff are two other mostly slow songs that I, I again I thought they were okay, um, but just not the band of where they want where I want them to be. Those weren't as bad as Marlene Dietrich, and again I think they all in terms of quality were somewhat the same place for me. But the I did not understand the placement at all. Like you have this yeah. insane, I, crazy, you know, super hyped up, weird riff. And then you immediately suck all the moments. I really did not get that. Yeah, it, it did. That didn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. Um, though when I was re-listening to it today, um, sort of the segue between Diamond Stuff and uh, Dethroned actually really works well. Um, even though I, you know, Diamond Stuff is probably more on the end of Marlene Dietrich. You know, in that it's it feels like it doesn't have a whole lot going for it at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm totally with you that there are definitely some tracks on this thing that maybe just I don't even know because I don't know Marlene Detroit like just I don't even know if that needed to be on the track listing and like uh, same thing with like well Ascending Forth has some cool moments but it's like almost ten minutes long yeah um, and, and I, it I, I, I it doesn't feel like it, it justifies its runtime and that was my bigger there. issue is again the slow tracks weren't terrible by any means uh, I, again the only one I had a big issue with was Marlene Dietrich just because the placement you know again just did not make sense to me it actually it's one of those you know I think we talked about last week the week before how you know track placement tra- you know sequence is a huge underrated port- you know, part of what makes albums work or not work yeah uh, I think it was just that this really isn't that long. I think both their albums really aren't that long. There aren't that many tracks. They're only about 40 minutes. So to have three songs... Like, I don't think there was a single track on their debut I disliked. You know, obviously, like any album, there are some tracks you like more than others, but I don't think there was a single track I disliked. Having three tracks in this that range from This Is Okay to Wow, This Was a Mistake, it was... And, and again, like I would say, you know, point blank, I really enjoyed this album. I liked a lot of what was going on. But I think that the ambition that brought us tracks like John L, uh, and, and, and not, not just John L, I, I mean, uh, Hogwash and Balderdash, I mean, it, 
I wish that was the closing because it had a great amount of energy. Uh, again, I really like Slow. I thought Slow balanced out the Mellow. Slow is probably my favorite track on the whole album. Yeah, it balanced out the Mellow vibe to the craziness. And, and, and again, um, I do think Kano Dramalsha Patella really, again, was did a little bit better job balancing the craziness with the slowness. Um, so ultimately, I liked it. I, th- I think that there was a lot of good ideas here and they, they went bold. Like when they went bold, it either worked out really well or I just, I, it just didn't, it didn't work for me. Um, and thankfully that, you know, the tracks were, I was a little disappointed and it didn't work out that well. It was not, not necessarily a deal breaker. I, again, I didn't think any of the songs were terrible, but yeah. I also didn't think that the slow moments worked out that well. I, th- I think Black Country New Road is much better at what they were trying to to do here um I, I think that like that like kind of the the more mellow loungy uh, it kind of sounds like they're i mean i don't know how familiar you are with the the national but that's what it sounded like they were trying to do like the kind of post-punk revival with almost like a gothic americana feel and like a really loungy you know ballady ballady type situation yeah, I, i've never listened to the national I, 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 yeah. n- now that i listen to the National, I just bit, you know, bought a ton of their stuff uh, a few, I think, several trips ago um, to the, the music store. Uh, a lot of these moody, young, like, experimental rock, post-punk, math rock, noise rock bands, like, when they try to do this kind of stuff, um, that's really, that's that's where I think they're, they're coming from. I think that that's what they're trying to do. Um, hmm. And I just, I just don't... I don't know if it worked as well as they thought it worked. Uh, it didn't fall completely on its face, but I, I kind of wish that they had taken another pass at some of these tracks, it, it, particularly oh. the, the sequencing from the, the first Yeah, I, the track sequencing definitely is really screwy. I, I think um, it's worth noting, I, I'm pretty sure one of the guitarists is um, sort of on hiatus in a way for mental health reasons. Mm. And so I think he co-wrote i think a couple of the songs but he's not performing anything on here uh which makes me wonder whether he might have had a hand in the more chaotic tracks almost Mm, yeah um but i i don't really know i haven't really looked that deeply into things but i i think i almost wonder whether those slower tracks were there for more of a sense of like contrast um but at the same time a lot even like you know something like slow i, I the, like you said it's just it, it's able to take both sides of that and put it within one song and make it an interesting thing uh whereas you know marlene dietrich is just it, it it's just there it, it doesn't really add anything yeah um and you know i think for a band like black midi if it's not adding anything it's arguably subtracting from it yeah um and, and it, I, I totally agree that i could t- see the goal here being contrast but there wasn't a ton of there was hardly any of that on their debut their debut was kind of well the, you know, that, that's what i mean though yeah. like i i feel like they were maybe in like such a need of reinvention in a way that they just kind of really just geared all the way towards that mm-hmm. and uh you know maybe left something behind as a result yeah. um i you know so i haven't listened to schlagenheim all the way through i really want to now um but I, so I, I guess I, I'm sort of feeling the same way. I'm probably a little less positive, but more in that, like, 
this was interesting, but I don't see this. I mean, I see. I think I always say this with reviews that like I I have no idea where it's gonna place. Kind of mm-hmm. at the end of the year. I mean, I I I don't even know if it'd make the list at all. Um, but like it was, I I definitely enjoyed my time with it. It was a super interesting thing. Uh, I think if there's a negative to take away is that I can't get the stupid John L riff out of my head now. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like the. John L. So I, I mean, like, if I can go on an excursion for a second, uh, I started getting back on antidepressants um, on Friday, mm. and uh, I happened to be taking some that cause like, I, well, it, it, so like for like the first few weeks, they can sometimes cause really bad anxiety, uh, and they can screw with your stomach. And so I've woken up like twice this weekend, like on two separate nights, just feeling sick and like being too anxious to go back to sleep kind of mm. so i i've not had a good weekend but i've also had this freaking like track stuck on my head too so like oh, the two God. combined i'm just like ooh, this is this is, this is not going too well yeah. yeah uh i mean even though i don't get me wrong love the track it's just like i think with that context it kind of takes on a new life of its own um but anyway all this is to say is just like I enjoyed my time with this thing, but I don't. This doesn't really have a ton of lasting impact on me in a way. Um, I mean, it's that could change. I could, you know, attack this thing in like a month from now and find that it, you know, blows my mind. But I mean, I I definitely am interested in what the band has to say now, uh, without a doubt. Yeah, and what I what I'll close with is. Uh, I definitely more pod like we were texting about this uh, because my uh, let, me, let me pull up what my wife said. Yeah, I know. I like, I, I, I love this. Yeah, and, so and she's not wrong by the way. I had it on just like on like I have your Bluetooth speakers. I had it on while we we're getting ready, and she said, "This is John L. I don't like it at all. It's so chaotic. It doesn't sound like anything. Actually, it sounds like someone take, talking over an orchestra warming up." And I was like, this is why I play my music next to you because I just love some of the things you, <laughs> some of the descriptions. Yeah, um, well, I, I I don't think that's an inaccurate. Description, I know that's why I was like, obviously, like she's coming at it from a much more negative place than I would put it, but like, yeah, that's you're not wrong. Like that kind of is it, what it, it sounds look, like. It, it, it's chaotic as fuck, and it's like it's very chromatic. Yeah, in, in in its like you know sound, it's not really adhering to a scale that that's particularly pleasing to the ear. Yeah, exactly. But th- that that was the first time I listened to it. Is I had it on the speaker and I wasn't. I just kind of was just letting it waft over me, uh, and it sounded really disjointed. You know, listening to it through that avenue, and and that's why like my my first thought after the first listen was I don't really know what this album is trying to do because it felt like it was all over the place. So re-listening to it, like I actually listened to it with headphones on, and that helped a lot. But it kind mm. of it revealed what the actual issue was is that the slow songs don't aren't necessary. Like they're they're I just feel like they like you said like they tried to add something they tried to add some variety add some contrast and it really just added almost d- dead weight. I mean I, I don't want to sound yeah. I don't want to sound too negative but like that that's what it felt. It felt like I don't really understand why these tracks are here. Like I really I, I really don't. I I think also just considering how dense like these more excitable tracks are i feel like it doesn't really like it it really just yeah it it becomes more of a negative in a way yeah because it's just like you're already subjecting the listener to something that's much more you know opaque much more dense than you would expect 
and to have to do that for you know more time than you need it just seems un like yeah it, it seems extraneous and, 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 um, and again their debut i mean obviously uh, there 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 is i mean there is variety on the more like energetic tracks on this album there was variety yeah. on their debut it just wasn't so like i think it's the starkness that's why i don't get like i thought they had this nailed down they could have that kind of controlled chaos and do like a bunch of weird like just have math rock, noise rock, like all types of stuff colliding and make it work. I just didn't, I don't know why, you know, the slow, fast dynamic, like why is that, why is yeah. that the solution? I don't really get that. Yeah, it, yeah, but I mean, you know, for what it is, I, I'm really like, I, out of all of these, I, I probably enjoyed this one the most. This is probably, I, I'm probably most happy that I listened to this just in terms of, you know, trying to open myself up to, you know, newer things. Um, so, you know, totally worth listening to, Yeah, uh, you know, and, and I, I will say like when this, when this album is on, I mean, for me, it's really on. Like I love oh, yeah. jo- like same here. basically everything except the three tracks I mentioned, certainly, uh, like Marley Dietrich, I really enjoyed everything that the band was like, it felt like a natural evolution of what they had you know been doing on their debut. I just don't understand why they didn't totally lean into that. I just, I, yeah. I, I feel like. I feel like it's it's always cool when bands try new things and like you know good for them trying to do something different, but I just it didn't work. It didn't really yeah, work for no, me. I am I'm with you there. Um, all right, well you know maybe a mixed bag overall, but you know I, I don't I don't regret sitting down and listening to these. So, no, and again, yeah, that's part of the fun. Yeah, and absolutely, I totally totally urge you to check out. You know, Black Midi. There are a lot of. You know, I think there are more. There's more I mean, to. I mean, I feel like anybody listening to this podcast probably is already aware. Yeah. But, you know, n- nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I guess we're on to albums of the week and and yes. uh, what do, what do you got? Oh, okay. Uh, switching it up, huh? Yeah. So I, <laughs> put you I on the spot. To, I was debating on what to do. I was thinking about talking about. Have you ever heard of um a, a group called the Hub before? Uh, no, actually, they're a really interesting, like live electronics, uh, like avant-garde type of act. Um, that they they so Zadik actually compiled a bunch of their stuff into like one thing, uh, and it's really interesting to listen to. But it's a lot to digest. But I put on this other album yesterday as well, and I forgot how much I love this artist and it is a uh, debut by Bork 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 is uh, is Swedish is the Swedish chef's uh, Bjork cover band uh, Bork uh, <laughs> um, anyway yes debut by Bjork uh, you know I I feel like I've slept on this album so much like it took me years to just buy it because mm-hmm. I'd always see it for like you know five or six dollars and I'd be like mm, next time yeah and uh it's so good i mean it really is like i i feel like it it gets slept on a lot i i I mean i think justifiably so maybe just considering what followed it but like there's some great tracks on this thing i mean um you know obviously uh human behavior is is probably the the big one from here but i really liked uh like big time sensuality was really cool come to me was really interesting Mm -hmm. venus is a boy um i really enjoyed a lot it was just like a lot of like i think i've just i'm so used to listening to something like post or like vespertine that uh to you know to listen to something that was a little more raw was was really cool and it sort of made me realize that um because i i was actually watching 
sort of coincidentally, um, uh, the Needle Drops um, works the best Bjork albums mm-hmm. uh, video, and I think he put debut pretty low, and he was like, you know, saying that, you know, sort of the sounds don't really feel cohesive, and he's right. Yet, I would say that the album feels cohesive nonetheless, and it's because Bjork ties it all together with her voice. Yeah. Uh, and I never really realized that it's it's it, it's like one of those realizations that is so obvious when you step back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it, it's like you just sometimes you just don't notice like the the very significant details. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, th- this was super enjoyable. I really need to buy some more Bjork at some point. Um, I think I'm only missing a few albums of hers. I mean, I'm definitely not buying Utopia anytime soon. No, but. yeah, I think that that's the only one I'm I'm missing, and and I think it will stay that way for a little a little while. Yeah, but I mean, um, like I I sold my copy of like Homogenic uh, a few years ago, and I really regret that because it's I it's something I really want to listen to more. Um, that and like um, I I've never listened to Biophilia, and I've really wanted to do that as well. I I bought all her. I think it was after we reviewed Post. Uh, I bought all her stuff and, or I finished up my discography, and I'm really glad I did. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> her her voice can still, like after a little while, just her delivery. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's a little. It's almost. I guess the way to put it, it's too unique. Like it just. It's too. It's, it's so. It's so in your face and so like expressive that like I can only listen to it, you know, a couple albums at a time. But I mean, other than Utopia is the only album where I'm like, wow, this is, this is not good. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, I have something completely different. I, I've really been enjoying the Discogs feature. I'm, I'm super, super glad that you, I, I, like, I need to do that. I have been meaning to do that. No, like you really, I really appreciate like you mentioned that and not only did it, you know, kind of you know, put a fire into my ass to finally get all my stuff in Discogs, but just that feature has been really cool to listen to stuff I have listened to for a while. Yeah. And I feel like this album and this band just perfectly encapsulate the evolution of Deathcore, I guess, or Devolution. Uh, it's the, the Ills of Modern Man by Despised Icon. Uh, there was after... They, they did kind of the annoying thing where they had like a farewell tour and concert and then a few years later got back together and released a new album so like that was kind of lame but yeah so so, so they pulled an lcd sound system yeah i mean yeah but to be fair they didn't sell an extraordinarily expensive box set for their you know farewell tour and then (laughs) that to me that still is super lame it was like i think fantano bought that for record store it was like a hundred at least a hundred bucks like Super I, deluxe, see, I, I, I don't think he was I, I remember reading that David Bowie actually had a hand in inspiring James Murphy to go back and restart LCD Sound System because he was working on Black Star with Bowie um, and I, I don't remember, it, I just remember there was some conversation around there that I, I think was like kind of the impetus for that Interesting Yeah, but I mean nonetheless it, it, it's, it feels like a dick move kind of yeah, I mean, or or at least like just sort of the finality was just like okay, then like if 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 you think it's so final, just ten give it like ten years. Right? Yeah, exactly. Or at least enough time where a reunion feels special, and not like wow, like that was maybe a few years ago. Um, yeah, but in any case, 
Yeah, like it was an interview f- in support of the album they released. I think a, f- a few years after they got back to got back together, released a new album, whatever. Um, and the lead singer was doing, you know, uh, one the, the two lead singers. One of the lead singers was doing an interview about their influences, and it's basically exactly what you would expect from early deathcore. Like he listened to a lot of suffocation, yeah, suffocation. But then also they were really into like New York hardcore, which is literally that's exactly that's literally how deathcore started. Was that yeah. Um, and as a result, the sound is just a lot. I don't know, like it just it, it's just a lot more balanced. You, know, it's basically like a, a death metal album that you know at its foundation that has it really, like the title track, the way that they incorporate the main breakdown of that song is super creative and super cool, and like it actually feels like it's part of the composition. Like it doesn't feel like they're breaking down. Like it feels like it's it's an integral part of the composition. It's almost like a musical chorus in a way, and that happens throughout the entire album. And it's just it's it's super heavy. Um, I I like this album because uh, I forget what the previous album was called, but that one had like pig squeals galore throughout all their, <laughs> um, and like that was a bit that it was a bit much. I will say, um, but. Th- this one, there's still some pig squeals, but it's definitely much toned down, and it's really just focused on great riffs and great. Um, again, it's just great death metal that's a lot groovier, that has a lot more like what makes hardcore cool. And it's interesting to listen to that in the context of where deathcore, like it felt like, you know, Despise Icon was doing something new and was taking elements of death metal and hardcore and making something creative, and then. Over time, it felt like deathcore bands were just influenced by deathcore, and then new deathcore bands were influenced by those. De- like, it just felt like it kept getting further away from what the genre was supposed to be. And like, yeah. it, like there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with doing that, but just it, like, it revolved around the breakdown, and that that's where it let us, you know, kind of started to fall astray. Is it was supposed to be a cool element that you introduced into death metal, and instead you have bands who are literally doing like basically really shoddy lazy riffs became the equivalent of what breakdowns used to be like they just it's all breakdowns like oh wait let's do like a half-assed you know two chord riff and then go back to you know go back to being heavy and i just that's kind of where my interest started to wane but i still mm. i still i still stand by um by this, by this album yeah but no by despised icon in general i think that they really like this is deathcore at its at its finest. I still really like what they have to do, or you know, like what they had to say. Um, I think this, as well as um, I think Day of Mourning was that was was you know at one point their last you know quote unquote last album. That's a really cool album too. Um, I didn't listen to the new album. I think just because I, I I maybe was salty with the fact that like. Not that I necessarily was that big a fan, but I, I mean, it, I thought it was kind of lame. The whole, like, they had a whole, you know, career-spanning concert, and it was a big deal. They were breaking up, end of an era, and then they were like, hey, we're actually putting a new album out. Everything's cool. Everything's great. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But still, like, nothing compared. I totally forgot about the LCD, LCD sound system thing. Like, they made that super... Like, they had their final show was at Madison Square Garden. Like, they, yeah. they had... They made such a big deal about it, and then it was maybe... I think at most two years later. I think even that. I think it was even sooner than that. But 
I, I see. I always think of LCD sound system. I think of Oceano as well. That Probably was, more yeah, relevant that was, choice. That was maybe eight months, and of course, people care a lot less about Oceano than LCD sound system. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that has been our episode today. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. Talk to you then. All right, bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.